Hello, my gremlins and goblins. We are back, podcast edition. Frimi's taking selfies of herself. For whom, for what, we do not know. A boy. Not really my mum. Either way. You don't need to show your business. It's okay. Uh, but any opportunity. <laughs> I'm just waiting to get into a relationship so I can completely decimate it by sharing personal information. Oh, will you? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I run out of material flex. You know, I'm in the trenches all week thinking, oh, damn. What do you mean running out? You post 10 stories a day. It's not even cracking <laughs> cracking the surface. So let's get to it. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. Would you believe me if I told you that there are some countries in the world that don't share the same calendar as us? No. I don't want to get into the simulation theory, and I won't, but I was scrolling through TikTok as I do. No free press, rip talk. And I came across a video that I thought was fake news because what I'm trying to do these days is be more, more discerning. I take most things as fact when they come from a confident speaker. This person said that Ethiopia has its own calendar, not Ethiopia and like the rest of the African countries are in their own time zone. Ethiopia in itself as the country has its own calendar. Really? While the rest of us... No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. It's not your time to speak. If you want to speak, what do you do? Put your hand up. Thank you, Mrs. Flex. Ethiopia has a 13-month calendar. Ethiopia is also in 2014. Really? I swear down. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works. But they're in 2014. So they've just come off the back of Kony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this makes sense because Nat, who's one of the other presenters on yeah. Kato, is from Ethiopia and doesn't even know, like, his age. Yeah. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. So this is the thing. And the other thing that's getting me, right, is let's take it back to the Mayan calendar. Oh, Those true. of you who were born and raised by the internet know that according to the Mayan calendar, the end of the world was 2012. Right. Some suggest that wasn't like the end of days, like it's not like you know the, the bottom of the earth opened up and swallowed us whole, but the end of things as they were. Right. It was 2012 in Ethiopia when COVID happened. Oh. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to do that. Heavy. I don't want to do it. But it's adding up. Wow. I'm I'm shook, and I agree with you for once. This is Flex and Frooms. On Kata. I think I'm like the perfect general trivia person. Ask me to go two layers deeper, I really can't, but I've got a lot of surface information up top. Most recently, I discovered the best job in the world. I'm going to give you a chance. What do you think it is? I think it's somebody who is working on a cruise ship in the Bahamas. No, uh, not even close. Second guess, it has something to do with funerals. Oh, dear. The person that does the makeup? Oh, that can be kind of fun. Yeah, that's quite good. But best job in the world? Probably not. Okay. I came across this guy, uh, who knows his name, not important, but he is and his job is crucial. He calls himself a coffin confessor. What he does is he goes to the funerals of the deceased and he reveals the secrets that they never shared when they were alive. So imagine I leave us earlier than expected. I hire this guy to come to the funeral and let you know a few things I wish I would have said but didn't. Do you have anything that you would say that you haven't? We'll talk about it later. For now, I want you to hear the information from his mouth. Oh. 
like crash funerals on behalf of the deceased. My first client was Graham. He was a, uh, a gentleman that I'd been investigating a claim for. I got to know him only for a short while. He had cancer. He was close to death. Uh, we got to talking about death and the afterlife and uh, all things surrounding death. And I suggested he do his own eulogy. He said he'd been to plenty of funerals where eulogies just aren't shown. And so I suggested I crash his funeral for him. And he took me up on the offer. He wanted me to out his best mate for trying to sleep with his wife while he was on his deathbed. Mm. He also asked me to remove three people from the uh, <laughs> congregation that he hadn't seen in 30 years. So why would they pay him their respects now when they could have you know, seen him when he was alive? I stand up, interrupt the funeral service and uh, announce that his best mate's got to sit down, shut up or bugger off because the man in the coffin's got something to say and this is what it is. And I'll open the envelope and I'll read aloud exactly what was said. First thing that I want to just draw to the forefront, where's the patient confidentiality with this one? Should we know his name was Graham? <laughs> that his best mate tried to sleep with his wife and to get three people removed from the wedding. If we just do some reverse engineering, some quick Google Google, I could find out who Graham was. Do you reckon? Maybe. I think that's a bit ambitious. Aside from that, what do you think about this job? I think it is disgusting. Lee, fascinating. No, I think it's terrible. Really? Yes. What? How, like, just imagine being a family and this random man rocks up to the funeral. Yeah. You're grieving. Huh. You're <laughs> See, that's where, you, that's where you've got it mixed up. Not everybody grieves at a funeral. <laughs> Sometimes funerals are for celebrating, celebrating life. Well, either way, he is rocking up and ruining that celebration or that commiseration. And I'm sorry to this poor man who has passed away, but grow some courage and say what you want to say on your deathbed. Is this a bit? No. What? I think it's just I, like if you want to say it, you've got to get up the courage to say something. Why would he not? He's dying anyway. What? No, I'm going to stop you there. Here's the thing. I don't think the point is for the person that's dying to feel vindicated or excited. I think it's for the people to feel responsible, right? It's like in someone's death, there's no time for you to backchat and be like, wait, but this is what I meant and I didn't mean to and I, and I wasn't like chatting to your wife. No, you just got to cop it. This is what it's like to not have closure. People live with that their whole lives. Think about the guy that's died. He's taken to his grave this information, has felt lonely and distant from the people that he loves most. It's only fair that they know that in a way that they can't do anything about it. Well, I want to know. Make them suffer. <laughs> I want to know if he even attempted to tell them. It's not the point. I think it's a great job. So you'd be not, happy? In, not a great job. I think it's a great service. I don't know what the going rate is for that. Like, is it per funeral? Is it is it an ongoing thing? It could be anything, though. Let's think of the plus side. Mm -hmm. For example, the coffin confessor could be somebody who is like an impartial body who's like, hey, this is what was really meant to happen. This is what you never found out. I signed an NDA or they signed an NDA. They couldn't tell you in their real life this is what really went down. So, like, they are a spy. There's a, they're a private investigator. They're just delivering the info. Yeah. I think he's a modern-day superhero, <laughs> a vigilante on a mission to spread truth, a truth seeker, a top bloke. A top bloke, yeah. I'm going to beg to differ and I'm going to kill this segment. 
and move on. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Kada. We're playing one of my favourite segments. This is Am I the Asshole? Where you call in, you text in and you give us your scenario and we're going to decide, is it you that's the asshole or are you up against one of the largest assholes of all time? Yeah, the final boss. <laughs> Today's Am I the Asshole comes courtesy of me. This is what it is. This is your individual story. Oh, no, but like I'm bringing this Oh, you found it. Yeah. Great. My husband and I are having a disagreement about the appropriate level of our teenage daughter's modesty around the house. Oh, my God. I know. I don't like it already. Just don't be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Let's just stop there. (laughs) She is a beautiful girl and has a high level of confidence about her body, which is fantastic. I know there are many young women who do not have that. Who's writing in? The mum or the dad? The mum. Great. But as part of that, since summer, she has become quite comfortable wearing very little around our home. I'm not sure why it rubs me the wrong way. She's often in her under things, but it does. My husband thinks I'm being controlling and sending the wrong message about owning her body and positivity, etc. Thoughts are welcome. This is not how I thought it was going to go. You thought it was going to be the dad? Yeah. Sorry, dad. What is our advice for her? I would say I'm with the dad on this one. Body positivity. However... I think the buck stops when you go into the kitchen zone. I think you must wear pants in the kitchen. Even if it's like a boy short brief, if you're wearing nothing on your legs, foul. Who's wearing nothing? This little girl. No underwear? This woman is wearing underwear but no pants. What's wrong with that? I don't want your bare legs in the kitchen. What? I don't know. Something about seeing undies in the kitchen like really rubs me the wrong way. Mm. That said, I'll wear undies in the kitchen. I just don't want to see it. No, I don't want anyone else to. But this is not just limited to the, to the daughter. It's like nobody can wear undies in the kitchen around you. No. That's fair. It's disgusting. I don't feel that strongly about it. I said initially that I thought this would be swapped. I thought the dad would be having an issue with it and the mum wouldn't be. I don't like the way this is going. Uh, I have read a lot of like psychological articles where it's very like Sigmund Freud-y. Um, where they say a lot of mothers, not a lot, some are in competition with their daughters because they see themselves reflected in their daughters, don't want them to um, be seen as equals. And so they create these weird dynamics, apply a lot of pressure. And that's why a lot of mums and daughters have very thwarted relationships. It's about competition, not community. In this instance, though, mums stop. Stop. Cut it out. If if your daughter can't be comfortable in her own home, where can she be comfortable? You think that if you stifle her in that dynamic, she's going to be a free being out there? No. She's going to be as judgmental as you, as limited as you, and as awkward as you're making this. It shouldn't be a thing. It's one thing if you're saying, hey, babes, clothes are fun. If you want to wear them, fine. If you don't, also it's making me a bit, feel a bit uncomfortable. It's not just you, it's everyone. I don't want anyone being this naked in public areas because we're all adults here. I think it's inappropriate. But you're singling her out in a way that even your husband is like, get a grip, babe. Let it go. I want to know that. Are they all like walking around in undies in the house? I don't think so. But also the fact that the, the dad is talking about, you know, how the mum's not being inclusive or progressive. It's not about sexuality. It's about openness anyway. She's sexualizing her daughter. Mm, that's the problem. And then holding her daughter to standards that the daughter didn't set. It's tricky. On the flip side, though, I will say on the contrary, if you're in your parents' house, you've got to follow your parents' rules, babe. Really? You're a parents' house, parents' rules? Yeah, that's why girl. I moved out because I get it. I get it. 
Really? Yeah. So what would you not be allowed to do in your home that you can do now? Well, my mom, for instance, like getting tattoos, one's like, as long as you're in my house, you can't get tattoos. Same with my and dad. And I yeah. moved out and got 25. It's chill. 25 <laughs> tattoos. I think I got 20. Well, you know what I did? What'd you do? My dad said to me, if you ever get a tattoo, I'm cutting your arm off. Fully serious. Yeah. I'll cut your arm off. So what I went and did is I got a tattoo. A tattoo artist came to my house. Oh. And on the couch that he sits on to watch YouTube <gasps> videos of cars every night, she drew an alien on my asshole, which I speak about frequently. But you never show us. Not once have you shown the tattoo. <laughs> it's come up thrice. Not once. Just a little peek. <laughs> Spread cheek. <laughs> Give us a look. Maybe later. So who is the asshole? Oh, who's the asshole? The mum. I think mum and daughter are the asshole. That said, though, the mum is the one reaching out saying, am I in the wrong? So she's definitely open to a discussion. I think maybe she's maybe stuck. I'm guessing she grew up in like the 70s or 80s where maybe like walking around in your undies in front of your parents like was not a vibe. So maybe she just needs to be a bit But every parent and child grew up in different eras. Mm, so true. it requires a level of willingness and openness for both parties to be happy here. Daughter needs to understand where mum's coming from. You're in her house. She's got a set of rules. She's uncomfortable. Mum needs to pick a side, have tact and go in as a friend or be a parent and be like, this is, this is the rules, babe. You do it or you don't. But yeah, you gotta don't do be it. half-arsing. Yeah. Oh, well, if you want more advice from parents who aren't parents, <laughs> i.e. flex and frooms. <laughs> Childless mummy bloggers. <laughs> Childless mummy bloggers, um, you know, stay tuned. The advice never stops. The unsolicited opinions never stop. Flex <laughs> and frooms. We're feeling like we want to get rich quick scheme. Okay. <laughs> Is that how we're feeling? Yeah. I was feeling that for the both of us. Last week we were talking about Soldier Boy's rise to fame and how he's the greatest marketing genius of all time. Literally. We won't get into it now, but basically he scammed people to listen to his songs. Won't tell you how. Because if you missed it, you snooze, you lose. Better luck next time. Something, what does the early bird do? The early bird. Gets the worm. worm. It does. It does. Here's what other early birds do. They get jobs at 15, not just any jobs. Listen to this. I was researching different things that I can do to get that bag. And the way I did that is Google the stories of celebrities that have come before me. Okay. Is that what you do? Yeah, every now and then, just to see if I'm missing out on anything. Here's the thing. I want to know, what length would you go to to get your dream job? Rosario Dawson. You familiar? Rosaria Dawson. Is she the... Did I say Rosario? Rosaria. Rosaria. Is she the one that's like with Eric Andre? I'm not sure. I think she is. Love. No fact checking here. doesn't matter. Anyway, so when she was 15... There was a commercial shooting outside of her apartment. She sat on her front porch every day that commercial was shooting until a director and a screenwriter approached her and asked her if she wanted to be in a movie. Huh? Huh? Is that factual? According to Dazed, the magazine, the publication, we know, the screenwriter Harmony Corinne told her, I wrote this character for you without even realising. I didn't even know you. You're perfect for this character. You have to come in. You know how they tell you that you're not going to get what you want if you just sit at home? <laughs> People keep saying that to us. You got to get outside if you want it. Go get it. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> Literally sit on your front porch and somebody will approach you. Kick back. It's been done before. 
There's literal proof that it could happen. <laughs> Stop going on the job websites, babes. Seek. Stop networking. Enough. All right? It's not working, is it? Just sit outside. <laughs> I gotta go. If Rosario can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Flex and frooms. The thing is, there is no place I would rather be than right here. And I know for a fact you feel the same. Yes. No comment. <laughs> no, actually. You said too much. To be fair, I agree. Life is so good. Are you okay? <laughs> While you're composing yourself, I want to tell you something that I know for a fact will shock you. Maybe shock you into speaking, perhaps not at all. We'll see how we go. Do you remember a woman of the name Danielle Brigoli, a.k.a. Bad Baby, a.k.a. Cash Me Outside Girl, as seen on Dr. Phil probably four years ago? Absolutely iconic, yes. We all know. At one point she had red hair. I don't know what her vibe is recently, but April, mm, I want to say 19th, but late April 2021, Danielle turned 18. And on her 18th birthday, one might say it was a fantastic marketing opportunity. One might say it was an opportunity to increase her revenue stream. She launched an OnlyFans. And in hours, maybe about six hours, made a million dollars. Now you might be thinking, okay, girl boss, obsessed. Mm, mm, mm. But open the OnlyFans on her 18th birthday. It means that predators were in the corners lurking. We won't get into that though. What I will say is that a year later, she posted or bragged about how much money she had made on OnlyFans since. People said how much? She said tens of millions. Nobody believed her. So she posted the receipts. Danielle Brigoli has made $52 million in a year on OnlyFans. $52 million. Do you want to know what's even crazier? What? I don't know if it's crazy or not crazy, but at the time when she launched a year ago, she was copying a lot of flack because she wasn't doing full nudity. She was doing like hand bra, you know, like hands across breasts, pressed together, cleavage, you know, and then on the occasion she'd say, you know, if you, if this post gets how many hundreds of thousands of likes, I'll, I'll do a nip slip. Who knows if she ever did it? People were saying that you can't really differentiate between her Instagram and her OnlyFans. It's like the same, same. Just pretty girl being pretty. I don't know if, if she's delved deeper, if she's doing fully noodles. Either <laughs> way, sis has made 52 million in a year. I feel like we need to see. Perhaps, yeah. I'd love I thought to. I that we need to try, and that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> 52 million? That's crazy. I can't even, I guess America's so big. Yeah. Okay. Geography. (laughs) What is the The brain? (laughs) America is huge. It is a country. Anyway, so what I got from that, and I know this isn't a success recipe. It's not a recipe for success. It's meant to be a quick fact that has drawn out. But I will say if there was any, if there was ever a motivation to get the branding up, that would be it. I'm trying to increase my market share just to start an OnlyFans. Would you do it? Yeah. Whoa. Maybe if we're not even doing nips, we're just doing cleavage. Maybe we do a flex and frames OnlyFans. <gasps> I would strongly consider that. Yeah. I've done much worse for cheaper. You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms Daily Podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.